0: Hello and welcome to the next episode of 49 Plus, where I edge closer to my 50th birthday. How self-indulgent is this? Well, that's the great thing about podcasts, or podcasts, and also technology and stuff, and life in general. You can be self-indulgent if you want to. If you want to listen, you can. If you don't, that's just fine as well. Um, So anyway, I'm going to just briefly... As I... It's basically, this, this little bit is being recorded later the same day as the previous ramblings and musings. Um, because it just occurred to me that I might use this opportunity to link back to something I recorded a while ago. Which um, refers to what I've been referring to me as my January experience. Now, more about that will become apparent i hope maybe up to a point um maybe in terms of when i link to this next bit so i'll i'll say a few more words now pause you'll have a brief gap whether or not we have some rodney scopes or some other music maybe we have some other music maybe you're hearing a little bit of other music in the background right now and that's what you'll hear more of as we see into the next bit we shall get to find out my goodness, look at his hair crikey so had a massive afro, ridiculous, uh, but comedy-wise, he looked quite good fun. Anywho, like the Hair Bear Bunch. Remember the Hair Bear Bunch back in the day? I am rambling, folks. So, um, as I just was going to say, make reference to. So early today, I think I said briefly in the previous episode that I was having a conversation whilst in B and Q, and the conversation covered a whole range of topics, uh, but in which I made reference to the person I was speaking to. Um, who I think at the moment I'll keep mysterious, I'll keep him being nameless but it might be quite apparent who it might be um, he may well end up being a future guest on the episode, on the episode, on the podcast anyway, we're talking about a range of things, uh, about our own experiences a hidden experience he's had very recently um, and it made me relate back to my January experience which you'll hear more of in due course um, and the phrase that came into my head was, which makes it sound rather grand because it suggests these experiences are in some way enlightening and there's something about them I think that they are, they are quite enlightening. They feel like epiphanies, they feel as though you suddenly, oh, see things all very differently than the way you've seen things before. But it, it reminded me of the phrase, before no, it's not before before enlightenment, chop wood, carry water, after enlightenment, chop wood, carry water, and perhaps it seemed quite appropriate that I happened to be in B&Q at the time. Other DIY superstores are available, Um, but uh, that's where I happened to be, had a very interesting conversation, and it made me think, maybe then, now's the time to share on the podcast some thoughts and reflections on what I refer to as my January experience. So I'll stop now. Hopefully, if I can edit it accordingly, you'll hear me speaking about that. Again, I think I'm in the car. but the time, I'm just recording onto my phone with no necessary expectation at some point that I will share it with anybody in due course. Or maybe there was a little bit of that. I don't know. Anyway, it's recorded from earlier this year, possibly even last year. Uh, you hear me probably end, end, ending eating a sandwich and as I pause to do this, I'm about to go and buy a sandwich. That doesn't confuse you. It's already confusing isn't it? As the sun is now beating down, it's very warm again, again today, I'll pause at this point so you'll hear the story and I'll pick it up after that. So enjoy, see if you make any sense of it and we'll talk more about it at a later date. So pause for now. Mm. Mm-mm. Okay number 21 just as I um, uh, will probably continue to try to get bits of crisps out of my teeth how's that for you? Having just had a pack of ready salted crisps and immediately before that a sweet chilli chicken wrap with no mayo from Tesco Express which I bought as I headed off from High Wycombe, driving back along the M40 towards Northwood, I have to pick up Freya first of all from school, and then Connie from her friends. So it's Thursday afternoon, 24th. <coughs> and interestingly, I hadn't intended to record one of these right now. I'd got in the car, a bit of a rush, various things, and whilst listening, whilst eating and wolfing down the food, listening to another episode or continues listening to episode of Adam Buxton podcast, this one with Richard Ayoade and he seems to have a bit on the podcast where he's asking people about big moments in their life and of course they've made to team up things like you know, the birth of their children or whatever it might be, I think one or two other people comment on certain events in their life. Um, And he was sort of talking about how, well, maybe there's certain times in your life where you have what seem like epiphanies, or where, hey, just things seem to be going right, or I'm actually enjoying stuff, things a bit carefree. And it led me to think about uh, what I've now been referring to as my January experience. Um, And so I thought I'd pause what I was listening to, finish off my crisps, and just try and record something on here. So it's Audio Diary number 21. So I'm wondering whether this is where it comes of age, as it were, because what I'm gonna to attempt to do is say a little bit about this January experience that I had in January of 2017. I Had to think there because it's now 2018. And it was the first part of last year, for a few weeks, I feel as though I was having some kind of experience, which might have included some elements of what felt like an epiphany, let's use that word, why the hell not? Um, and it, it kind of continued for at least a week or two, uh, had an impact a little bit on how I was at least for the rest of, for the chunk of January, second half of January maybe into February and so on. And then the interesting thing is, since then, it kind of waned, whatever the experience was, whatever whatever qualities it had about it, seemed to kind of dissipate to the point where later in that year, and I think for a large part of the time since, I felt very much um, the opposite, or somewhat distant from that kind of experience, to the point where... During this experience, I felt very much open and that I'd got it, that I'd figured stuff out. There was definitely something about the experience. Oh, some, I'd passed through a threshold where I suddenly got something about life. Uh, and it was a very positive feeling for me, at least. I know when I've spoken to Rachel about it in time since, it wasn't a wholly positive experience, and particularly between her and I. I felt as though there was lots of kind of realization for me that I'd kind of got to something. She tells me that after it, she felt as though well, there were times that she was wondering about me and her, her and her and her and I. Um, for those things, I was maybe saying or ways in which I was saying stuff that implied that I didn't didn't have time for our relationship, which in actual fact, for me, at the time and still felt very opposite to that. The kind of re- realisation of things and I'll, and I'll say a bit more about it in a second um, so yes so that was it when it was happening in January and February and then since then later in that year I was getting to the point where I felt much more anxiety was kind of creeping back up to almost like new highs um, to the point where in September of last year I think it was I eventually went along to uh, the GP to get some some thoughts on anxiety and possible sources of treatment that could include medication or so on. And that's one of the reasons why I'm now doing the mindfulness course because that's what I've led on to that. So I'll maybe say more about that one in a, different pod, in a different podcast. It's not a podcast, Matthew. It's a diary. I may say that about that another, another time. What I want to try and do in this one is say a little bit about the nature and quality of the experience in January of last year um, even at this stage now it's hard to identify kind of what or how it started I think there are maybe two relate two or three or more related kind of events or experience that triggered it um, so one clear memory I had was standing in the kitchen in the house in Avenue listening to some music, and there was some, I don't know really how and why, there was some WhatsApp type messaging going on that I think must have been between myself, Piers, Dan, and Leslie. So it was on not that WhatsApp group. Um, and it was a bit about listening what piece of music I was listening to, how I was feeling, what what it was all about, what's life about. Um, and I did subsequently try to take photos, uh, screenshots of that kind of WhatsApp um, discussion. Where I've kept them, I don't know. I don't know if I still have them somewhere, or I've stored them somewhere. Hopefully they are somewhere to be retrieved from. Um, and there was a little bit about, you know, whatever music was, one of the pieces of music was, um, yeah, I can't remember know which piece, but one, one of the, a piece of music by Passenger. And it was um, a piece of music I know that Rachel really likes. I'm forgetting which one it is now, which song it is. Might be called Whispers." I think it's a Whispers one, maybe. Um, and it was kind of you know, getting me emotionally. And as part of the reflection, the conversation was about what's really important in life. And I remember me reflecting on how one wants to be remembered. I think having read an AA Gill obituary around about New Year, so maybe even something was starting then. Mitch and I were just over for a night over New Year as a birthday present from her. Sorry, not birthday, Christmas present from her. Um, anyway, so it kind of led to this conversation about what's, you know, what's it all about, um, how you want to be remembered. I was very much going back to this idea of playing, playing from the heart and referencing Bill Hicks' line of play from the fucking heart. To our musicians like Jimi Hendrix, is whatever you do, just play from your fucking heart, you know, just be genuine and, and be. This idea of playing and speaking from your heart seemed very important. That was coming across then. Getting quite emotional, listening to the music and reflecting on what we were talking about. And it seemed to be quite a powerful conversation at that point. So that was one thing that seemed to maybe be an important thing happening. Um, around the same time, I think, towards the end of that week, would have been the anniversary of Sandra's death. So Sandra being Rachel's mum. She died in, this. why I keep thinking about that, I think, 2000, I want to say 2011. Or was it 2010? I think 2011. Um, January of that year. So, God, is that, I, I put myself on the spot with dates. Is it the 15th of January, but around that time, mid-January, is the anniversary of her death. And we were going out that weekend for a, a lunch with... Rachel's dad and there was something a bit about maybe something had changed by then, about being more open to st- I don't know really we know what had shifted, I really don't know what it was um, around the same time again, I think Rachel and I had bought, felt like a very kind of opening conversation where we were reflecting on stuff, life feeling as though we were stagnating not necessarily as a couple but more in terms of work wise and Money always, you know, feeling as though we need to be earning more money, and what we were doing with stuff, where we we're going to live, what we, what our next steps are going to be, and actually at that point, prior to the conversation, I think we had, I had felt a little bit more distant from her in different ways, um, and this was a nice conversation that kind of brought that to the fore, and and so on, and it was also at the time we were doing lots of reorganising of the house. There's a lot of kind of shifting of things. And that kind of describes the context and the time and something's happening. And I'm not really quite sure then what it led on to around those days where, it, for me, it shifted to a very much things where I just kind of... So, I can't even put words to it. And I don't want to say saying that in a way that, oh, it's, it's an ineffable experience that cannot be put to words. It's just that now when I think back to it, I find it hard to identify something that happened that made me go, oh, I now feel to be a very different person at this time. It was as though I was now seeing the world in a very different way, in the way in which, in quote, it should be seen, um, and the re- you know, revelations and realizations of what's, what's all around us that, at, until that point, I hadn't really, Made sense of, and that that was definitely one quality of the experience, and therefore feels comparable to a almost a drug-like experience, where it had that feeling. Like I've no, I've said before, maybe not recording myself saying this, but um, many some years ago I had a drug experience. So I've not had many, but this one I did have had very kind of again revelatory type elements to it, and one way I describe it would be it's like. Um, that part in a film where you suddenly get the twist so the plot twist you go, ah, oh, oh I get it now everything that happened in that okay, I now see it from this excuse me, this new perspective and it now makes sense and had that element to it so again, this, this experience in January had that feeling to it um, not drug related so wasn't taking anything Didn't, it wasn't related to that kind of experience but there were times when I was suddenly go, oh my goodness, I've just now kind of almost, you know, got a sense of what it's all about. And if I was, if I was to put a word to it, um, again, this is where the word itself doesn't capture it, but I think it has an underlying truth to it. I think it has an underlying sense of, oh, okay, I get now why um, these things are the way they are. And the word is love. And again, if I go back to the, around the time of this drug experience, also around that time was the very early days with Rachel and was part of that as a whole late experience of feelings of love for Rachel that felt very, very physical in the sense of I remember being, actually was with Byron at the time, but during a certain point feeling lots of shaking in my body and I was saying, oh, this is it, this is, this is it him saying, well, what? What's it? This feeling. Well, what about it? What is it? This feeling is it? What do you mean? And I say, it's love. I was feeling this kind of very physical sensation of love that I was associating with love for Rachel, who at that point i you know, only recently got together with. Her. It was a very kind of difficult time because when I... I, I think it was during a time when I was up in York with Byron so around the time of me leaving as in leaving chapel lane and all that life and so, on, so there was a lot dramatically going on there but that was the experienced then this time it had echoes of that feeling without any sense of it being particularly you know a, a, i don't know there's nothing really happening in life at that point that really kind of pushed towards it um but it had that resemblance to it so again associated with you know uh, revelations about love making sense of why people might write songs about love and all different things in the world all make sense because of love and da 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 that's that love is all you need all those kinds of feelings were very much in it and then implications of that then of how that would change me and how I'd go about my life and how my realisation um so again, I know I'm not really making a lot of sense here, perhaps for anybody who might might be choosing to listen to this, or even if I listen to it back to my, myself at some point. Um, another another kind of memory I had around that time was just prior, to, you know, a few days prior to this. I remember, I think Freire asking about, oh, is it possible to be to laugh and cry at the same time? And I remember saying, well, when people say they laugh and cry at the same time, they're probably not. They're probably going from laughing and then to crying and maybe back to laughing again, so it's not necessarily laughing and crying at the same time. And then I found a few days later, in the midst of this kind of experience, when I felt particularly whatever, up, high perhaps, I I was effectively laughing and crying at the same time. So something was happening and I was being very emotional, and found myself essentially laughing, but tears were coming out as I was laughing. It was almost like an, um, what's the word I want to go with? Uh, eu- euphoric Euphoria to it, a euphoric kind of laughter that with crying out of positivity and love kind of feeling. So I had that feeling to it. Um, the experience in general had a sense of me thinking, wow, okay, now, now that I get this, now that I realise this and make sense of it and can experience it, and, 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 and. And I felt that Rachel understood all this because we'd had these ex- earlier experiences. And that we were now going to be able to bring up you know, Freya and Connie in a, in a context where, wow, now we get all this. They're going to have the most amazing lives ahead of them. Um, which I think they will anyway. But now I feel much more grounded and rational about it all. Uh, but at the time it was, you know, wow, this is amazing. All, all the things are going to happen. It's about allowing stuff to happen. Allowing things to be not being prescriptive not being bound by work and rules it's about being playful So another element of it so this is all my memory so far kind of going back to maybe some days at home maybe over the course of a weekend or so I think somewhat later than that or a little bit later in January there's a point at which in work a few times where again this was manifesting itself in different ways so again I would have had more conversation with peers he would have given more sense of an understanding of what this experience might mean, what it might relate to, You know, alluding to elements of you know, Jungian psychology, um, obviously spiritual ideas, psycho-spiritual type ideas, I don't know the terms, um, meaning, purpose, all those kinds of things. The relationship between heart and mind. So, again, you remember that early on, I was saying about very important things about playing from the heart, speaking from the heart. And a lot of peers of my conversations, even prior to this, have been about this relationship between heart and mind. I was getting more of that sense of understanding what maybe he's referring to there. So, and there were days then in work where again this feeling was feeling overriding and again it was affecting how I would go into to do my work I was by night I wasn't sleeping very much partly because I was so up and wanting to think things and do things and write and read about stuff and so on I had some conversation with Byron who also I felt as though kind of got this and this feeling to a point I think it's different I think his taking it slightly different but I think there was something very truthful about that When asking him about some of these ideas, he would sort of share a clip or a link or something to say, does this help it? Uh, And there were a few of those that he shared, one of which being a link to the song by James Taylor called The Secret of Life, in which I'll probably get the lyrics wrong here, but the lyrics include things like The Secret of Life is to enjoy the passing of time. So there's something about very much seeing the world in a different way. It's not about striving to achieve things or get things done or make money or whatever. It's just about enjoying it, enjoying it as it goes by, is what the song is saying. Another link he sent me to was a clip from The Big Lebowski, which I think is just one about two-minute clip where it's just a lot of people saying, fuck it, fuck this, or fuck it, and fuck it. So a lot of fuck it"ness about it which maybe has elements of letting stuff go, not sweating the small stuff, or indeed any of it, because it's all small stuff, that kind of feeling. I feel that that you, know, the you get to choose, which is, of course, Byron's thing of, yeah, it doesn't really matter what you, you make your choices because it, you get to choose. You, you can choose what you want to do in life. Don't feel you have to do X, Y, and Z. Do whatever you want. So that, to me, is his feel and take on this. I think the added bit I was bringing to it inspired or led by peers and some additional reflections on and my own experience and what it felt like is, oh, I see. No, it, it is that, but it's guided by love. As in, again, one phrase that um, we were uh, one phrase playing around with at the time was obviously you get to choose because that thing is important. You do get to choose. That's. Byron's thing. Um, oh, you're not going to go, sorry, I've just flashed on one to pass. he's not going to go. Um, you get to choose, I would add to that, so therefore, because you get to choose wisely and choose love, you know, make your decisions based upon love, which all sounds really trite and glib and perhaps obvious to some people or naive. But I really felt at the time that was the essence of it. If you got that, then you really understood it at a much deeper level. And that, I guess, is the essence of it. So I managed to say all that in about 20 minutes. Uh, I'm sure if I pondered longer, I could probably add a bit more. Maybe other things that might come up, so I may bring up a future one. So that was quite a nice opportunity to, to just give an account of that experience and what it felt like, what it might have looked like, um, perhaps to some extent what it might have meant, if there was any meaning behind it, it felt as though there was a lot of meaning behind it, still does now, even though it's not something I feel, I don't feel that anymore, I don't feel it anymore, I sense there's a truth to it, I would love to feel as though I could get back to being more like that. Um, And I'm hoping, perhaps, believing, trusting that practicing the mindfulness may be one route back to it in a more measured way, if that makes sense. Because, again, in subsequent conversations, at least both with peers, with um, Rachel, but the one I'm thinking of naturally is more with Sheila, counsellor, in her saying, yeah, it all sounds very, very epiphany-like. But also, there's no way you can really live like that in a, in a, you know, in a ongoing way. Um, it was very tiring at the time, trying to sort of do some stuff. It was obviously still very up and down and emotional. You know, lots of, well, at least some arguments with Rachel that got quite heated upon where I would storm out because I didn't feel as though probably I was being listened to. I'm absolutely sure she would have felt as though she wasn't being listened to and I possibly wasn't listening to her. But I felt as though she didn't get it didn't quite you know you know you know come on Rachel get it I thought you already had this I think you already knew this and now I've got it we both got it together isn't that fantastic but that didn't work like that so um yeah so now almost a year and a half on perhaps a nice opportunity to at least have put that out there put that down as a recording and always intended to maybe speak to peers more about it perhaps even recording something like a podcast around it who so may do that may not I don't know but at least now I've got this little recording on here for me to dip back to at some point if I ever choose to do so
1: and on that bombshell I shall say bye-bye for now so there you have it I hope that made some kind of sense every chance it didn't and if it didn't then forgive me no apologies this time but forgive me Um, or rather let's work to try and make it make sense of it in some way Um, so the before part of this was about exploring these ideas that there's a point at which you know you're living your life in a certain way and then many of us may have some kind of experience which then seems to change that and what you just heard was my account of i'm going to say my my experience or at least one of um, definitely a period which i um, experienced over a few weeks and uh, and it was quite enlightening let's use that word um, transformative and I'll say more about it another time. Um, So there you go, just so you have a bit of a before, then an account of an experience, and then after. Um, Okay, that was it. just wanted to say something just to round that off, so you have that as an episode. Uh, If you're a very early listener of this, before I name it, then you'll see it will be posted as as yet untitled, and then in due course it'll have a name. But until then, explore... I did. I'm talking about one or two people who will listen to it at that point. Maybe someone else will listen to it down the line. Who, who knows? Okay, so I'm going to stop at that one and say thank you. And I'll catch you on the next episode of 49+. Bye-bye.